And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paul Eater Jr. of The Athletic here with you as we are previewing the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. 4.30 this weekend on Saturday. Saturday. Make sure you get your days right. Saturday. Uh, Bengals Steelers. Then it's a big Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, happy holidays to everyone that listens to the show. And even if you don't listen to the show, happy holidays to you too. Um, but really, I have a good New Year's resolution for you. Um, so I have two guests this week for Wildcard Week. First, uh, going to bring on Ryan Wilson uh, from CBS Sports, who uh, does an incredible job on his podcast with former Vikings GM Rick Spielman with the first pick. It's on the pick six pod uh, with Will Brinson and John Breach. Uh, so love having Ryan on. We've had Ryan on before. He's a blast uh, coming up. And then Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD, who shook up the NFL world uh, with his incredible three-part uh, series um, on the Buffalo Bills and the Sean McDermott problem. Uh, that has seemed to spark them. Uh, but so TD going to join us. He came down here this week, was in the locker room, did a cut, did a, you know, he's got a story coming on Jake Browning. So I want to talk to him a little bit more. What brought him down here, you know, locker room culture, a lot of stuff to get into with him. So we've got both of them coming with his guests. And of course, uh, going to take a little bit of a look uh, at Bengals Steelers, as we always do. Ryan Wilson also, look, He's a, he's, he knows the Steelers really well, kind of grew up as a Steelers fan, so he follows them closely as well. So I uh, thought he'd be a good guess there. Uh, quick news before we get to that. Um, no Jamar Chase. There, Bengals, Zach Taylor not officially ruling him out this weekend. I uh, didn't want to officially say that in, in when, we, when we met, but yeah, no, no Jamar Chase expected this weekend. Um, so they got to go in there win without him. But they have certainly done that before. I mean, just last year, 37 to 30, rolled up big points against the Steelers in Pittsburgh on a cold day without Jamar Chase. Um, so trying to replicate that up there. Um, we talked to Jake Browning, who expressed some regret over last week becoming the Jake Browning revenge game and sort of hit all the right notes. Um, in saying he hated the fact that you had so many players on the team that made great plays that weren't the quarterback and that none of any of that happens uh, without them and, and, and hated the fact that sort of his explosion uh, at the end towards the Vikings and former GM Rick Spielman uh, became sort of the storyline because it was so much more than that. I thought that was a nice point by, by Jake Browning this week. Uh, T. Higgins has been busy fielding media requests and and uh, talking about taking over as the guy and and looks like he could be ready to do so. We've certainly seen for long stretches before that when asked to be the man, T. Higgins has been the man, and that's the expectation again. And it, it was a very loose locker room this week. Uh, Luana Rumo called Wednesday's walkthrough their best walkthrough of the year and that there's just a ton of focus and there was no running from how big this game is and you know kind of calling it a playoff game and and but there you can tell there's a looseness there's a confidence about them right now that they feel really good going into this game I think that's um not unexpected when you consider what they've been this time of year which is a team that's won nine straight games in December um a lot of people feeling for DJ Reader um, had his surgery done this week 
and uh, starts his rehab process. But a lot of people just just feeling for him, not you know tough when you consider contract year and everything going on with DJ. So uh, you know, a lot of people wishing the best for DJ Reader in there this week. Um, all right, I'm going to bring in Ryan Wilson. We're going to talk through this game a little bit. Bengals and the Steelers, then we'll get over to Tyler Dunn after that. And then I'll come back at the end with a little growler bet. Hopefully we can avoid some of the chaos that occurred this past week. Shout out to everybody for being understanding. Uh, a, lot, a lot of emails of people who are, who are living with it, looking to get better. Turn the page. Appreciate that. I am too. We try to make, try to make it cleaner this week. Not have an answer that can very easily everyone just send me the same number. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we can avoid that. Uh, and then I'll have my prediction at the end of this as well. All right, let's uh, go to my conversation with Ryan Wilson and then Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD. All right, so let's get things rolling here, uh, and bring in our good friend, Ryan Wilson from CBS sports. You can hear him on with the first pick podcast with, uh, Rick Spielman pick boo. six. Boo. Boo. <laughs> How dare you, Rick, do that to young Jake Browning, former Vikings GM. <laughs> not a fan of, not a friend of the podcast, Rick Spielman. Uh, you still on the pick six pod? That thing still Yeah, we do uh, Sunday night recaps during the season with, of course, Will Brinson and the great John Breach, whose dad, great. of course, is uh, Jim Breach, the longtime kicker for the Bengals where they made all those Super Bowls back in the day. Yes, uh, a great, a great podcast. I just... You guys mix it up more than any other podcast. If that's why I always, I always, every time I hop in, I'm always like, man, this is always, I never know where it's going. That and that's is, a, that's like the best compliment I can give you. That is very much the, the sentiment. I wouldn't necessarily consider it a compliment if you're on the inside, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I see where you're going with that. Good. I'm glad we keep you on your toes, Paul. I it, like a, a podcast like that, that I, yeah. I feel lives on a, on an unexpected edge. I like that. Personally. <laughs> yeah, that's then that's the that's the podcast for you, correct? Well, it's good to have you back. Um, I we we plotted this out a couple of months ago. Uh, and I was like, look, Steelers week, because you yes, you you know, you cover the draft. Uh you know, you're already on mock draft four. I mean, you're you're deep in the draft world, you you're all over that, but you're obviously in the NFL world too, and you have a Pittsburgh Steelers background. You you have been born into this, so to speak. Uh so you 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 live in a um what's a, what's currently a challenging space Jeez, a of of, fo- of following the Pittsburgh Steelers and watching them play what what is what is what has this been like as someone who has followed a franchise who has been at the top for so long to to watch them go through what this mess has sort of been this up and down roller coaster the last few years. Uh, Paul, I've been accused of being a front runner because I grew up in North Carolina. If you can, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see in the background I have the Tar Heels 1982 team poster. That team won the cha- national t- title with a, a rookie Michael Jordan. Uh, Steelers fan, so not a lot of hiccups there. And look, a, a lot of the conversation around fans of fan bases that have been incredibly successful is that they're spoiled. And when things take a turn south for my favorite teams, I just I'm like, all right, this is it's our time. Now, what's frustrating, I was thinking about this this morning when I was walking the dog in uh, 25 degree weather, is that and I talk, I think about this a lot. When, when you see things as a fan or a member of the media on Sunday afternoon, you're watching them on television and you know whatever is about to happen is not going to work in any way, shape or form. And it happens repeatedly, play after play, week after week. And, you know, you go to your job Monday to Friday doing your thing and you still understand how stupid the process is <laughs> when fans know that things aren't working and you continue to do those things and you're spending 80 hours a week as, as a football team planning these things, something has to change. So the issue for me is like, like I love Mike Tomlin and I, I think it would be idiotic to fire Mike Tomlin because he'd be out of work for four and a half to five seconds. <laughs> but the issue for me is that you can't have Matt Canada dialing up plays like it's 1942, and he just learned how to play football after arriving from another planet. You just can't do it. You can't have uh, your quarterback be Kenny Pickett. I mean, look, it's year two, but here's the thing. 
if you can see that it's not working and that he has thrown for more than one touchdown once in his career, and he's battled injuries as well, but that's some, like, that ain't even Jake Browning. Jake Browning's like, God, that guy's terrible Like when he looks at those numbers. So you have to be willing to move on from your mistakes a little quicker, and it's been easier to do when you have a franchise quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. Like, yeah. you, you can mask everything when you have that franchise quarterback. And I thought they overdrafted Kenny Pickett. I didn't love him coming out, but as our buddy Pete Prisco would tell you, well, your quarterback one was Matt Corral in that draft, which is true. But I might be willing to take a flyer on Matt Corral right now. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's on football. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a slog, but you got to take your medicine and, and hope things get better. But the, I think the under the, the the overarching story for me is that teams need to be more willing to move on from mistakes quicker because it feels like they lean into those mistakes for a number of reasons. Some teams are worried. Coaches are worried about getting fired. GMs are worried about getting fired. I don't think that's the case necessarily in Pittsburgh. And sometimes you're just stubborn and think you can will your way through it. And and that's not working when you don't have a franchise QB. No. And I think that every, you know, for the most part, generally coaches look really smart when they have good quarterbacks and coaches look really dumb when they don't have good quarterbacks and you you have to have the combination. I mean, are we to believe that Bill Belichick now can't coach his way out of a hat? I'm not going to go. I mean, you know, no, Mac Jones is his quarterback. So he's screwed, right? Like that's just kind of part of how, you know, what's funny about that. I was saying about this this morning as well in my walk, uh, as I was listening to, how long was this walk? I love, I'll be honest with you. I'm not just kissing your, kissing your, your butt. I love the athletic. Yeah. Um, two things. I, I looked at the, I, I was reading, uh, reading what you wrote and two headlines. If you look at your latest headline, could Jake Browning lead a Super Bowl run, which is a crazy headline to write. I wrote it. <laughs> and here's the Steelers headline. Ken Mason Rudolph changes NFL dire- tra- trajectory despite Steelers dim playoff hopes. Like what year are we living in? But the funny thing is I was listening to um, Chase Daniel and, and um, Robert Mays on, on the sure. podcast this morning. And I was I started thinking about uh, the quarterback situation. What if Mac Jones had, in fact, ended up in San Francisco? I feel like his trajectory would be completely different as well. Now, he he probably won't be Brock Purdy, but he's probably somewhere between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and yeah. certainly better than what he was given with Matt Patricia, which it seems like just uh, like someone really hated Mac Jones to, to put that on him. <laughs> but I think your, over, your, your overall point is a, a good one. Like everything has to be right. The coach, the quarterback, the players around them. And I, I can't stress this enough. Like you have to have the coordinators. Cause if you look up and down, especially these young quarterbacks that are having success, the coordinators have been the difference maker. They, you, they deserve a large part of the, um, what's the word? The success Credit. isn't due in part to what they're doing. In addition to what guys like CJ Stroud on their own are doing. But I think if you don't have a coordinator, you don't have a quarterback, it's hopeless. One of the more underrated parts of the Jake Browning story is the fact that there's been consistency around him on that offensive staff the entire time he's been here. Now, he hasn't been a guy for long, but he's been in Cincinnati for two and a half years working with Dan Pitcher and Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor and Joe and 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 Joe Burrow, really, in that room together talking football and, and understanding what the view is here on why every play works the way it does. And so when you get called to be the guy and you have to go against the Brian Flores challenging defense and you have two and a half years in the same system with the same guys, understanding what everybody wants in every play, it's a whole lot easier to dissect it on the fly than it is when, you know, you're how many teams has Will Greer been on this year, right? Like if you were talking about somebody had to get thrown in out of nowhere, it's, it's almost an impossible task. And so many of these backups, that's what it is. Um, is, is that you're just, you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you can't, you just, you can't do that because you're a backup because you don't have all the requisite skills necessary to do the job. The sad part of that is that Mr. Trubisky has been in that offense of Pittsburgh for two years and he has somehow gotten worse and he has <laughs> now been replaced by Mason Rudolph. Who's been in the office since 2018. Let's talk about Mason Rudolph. Can I do that? Yeah, man. I mean, here's where we are <laughs> as a Steelers fan base been pining and this includes brian mcfadden my colleague at cbs sports who played for the steelers went to super bowls with the steelers he was tweeting out rudolph the red-nosed reindeer emojis last week during that meltdown against the colts <laughs> so that tells you where the fan base is well you know it's the second week in a row for the Bengals, who last week met uh nick mullins franchise savior and uh this week now meet mason rudolph franchise savior state of the uh state of the league i guess but i mean it, <laughs> Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I saw you went down a like 
wormhole off of one throw by Kenny Pickett the last time these two teams played against each other. So much fun. It was like the first play, first early play of the game, whatever it was. It was down Same the middle of fire. Oh, yep. yeah. And it was like, <laughs> wow. It, I mean, it was like football had been rediscovered. But yet a couple of weeks later, you're down here trying to talk yourself into, into Mason Rudolph. Can, can Mason Rudolph deliver the the Pat Fryermuth down the middle to to fix everything is that is it possible? Another reason for such optimism in that first matchup is because Matt Canada had just been kicked kicked out of the building. Yeah, so everyone was just everyone was high on their own supply of uh, non Matt Canada drugs. Uh, look, man, best case scenario is that Mason Rudolph can take a page out of the Jake Browning book and just come out there slinging it. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario is that he's yellow Nick Mullins, as I like to call him, just throwing things up and hoping for the best. <laughs> that yeah. touchdown that Nick Mullins threw running across his body was one of the worst throws in NFL history. That just unbelievable, to get caught. <laughs> unbelievable. It's first down. You need like an inch, and you're rolling right, throwing back across into traffic. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you throw it to the smallest guy in the field. He makes a great catch at yeah. Jordan Addison. I and, was it, like, and it wasn't the worst decision of the game because at no. one point he decided to just throw the ball right off the face mask of a guy that was sacking him. By the way, worst touchdown pass in human history. Worst interception in human history as well. I mean, I've never yes. seen one get sacked and hand the ball off and it be called an interception. Here, that before was- I go down and we keep the ball in the next play, <laughs> I'd like to just bonk it off of your face mask so you can have it. Because the other takeaway in that game, not to before, I, I don't want to talk about Mason, as you can tell, is that if Nick Mullen had just played average, the question, the conversation might be, okay, how do we get Jake Browning back on track? Because he didn't play great for the first 35, 40 minutes of that game, um, having not gone back and watched, but just watching it live. And I thought they were, he was he was pressing a little bit. I think he had the interception to the left that was underthrown. Yeah. And then um, caught fire. Yeah, and then he got hot. So that's the lesson. In terms of Mason Rudolph, Here's what I hope happens. And, you know, Steelers fans are angry that Mike Tomlin didn't come out and bench George Pickens at his latest press conference because George Pickens gave negative effort on that block uh, against for Jalen Warren. And um, here's where I'm at. Like, I understand why you would be frustrated if you were Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Are they divas? Could they have uh, be a little bit more mature about it? Absolutely. But how many times can you have a quarterback throw the ball eight yards short and you catch it on the second hop when you're trying to run routes and having no opportunities. So my hope is that Mason Rudolph just comes out slinging it, just throwing deep ball after deep ball, intermediate ball after intermediate ball. He's not going to run. He's not mobile. The offensive line is suspect. Um, you tell me. It feels like the the Bengals front four warming up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And DJ Reader going down hurts. Oh, that does uh, hurt. That's right. Yeah. But, but. I mean, Hendrickson is has been an absolute beast off the edge. Miles Murphy's starting to come along their first yeah. pick out of Clemson after a really slow start. So a little bit. There's still the thing the, the thing is in this game and will be the thing in every game for the Bengals the rest of the year is just they just give up so many explosive plays. They can be had that way. I mean, that's how Pittsburgh a month ago did this. They opened, they found Fryermuth for a couple of big games. They they had a couple of big runs. They they knocked some explosive plays out, and that's just kind of been their issue all year. So coming out and slinging it to me seems like the absolute right scenario uh, if you're the Steelers because the Bengals can be slung on, if you will. Yeah, and the problem is the Steelers' defense is so banged up, and I don't even think they're they're not playing well. Don't get me wrong. And Gardner Minshew, for as much as we like to make fun of him for the jorts and the long hair, he's not a terrible backup to have, and um, he did some good things in that game. So I'm not even mad at the Steelers' defense for being injured, but the offense has just been. I it, I think Mike Tomlin's plan, and it's just me speculating, was to uh, slog out every game, try to keep it low scoring with Matt Canada calling terrible plays and Kenny Pickett still figuring things out and then hope the defense can win it for you. Well, that worked and they were seven and four. They could very easily be 10 and four, but their offense is so terrible and there's so much frustration with a lot of those players. And I, I think Ben Roethlisberger talked about this podcast. They don't have any real team leaders. And it wasn't like big Ben was a leader for two thirds, three quarters of his career, but they had Jerome Bettis. They had Joey Porter. They had Heinz Ward guys that would get in guys' faces, and they don't have that on the offensive side of the ball because everyone's young, and it, it just hasn't it hasn't worked. And, and also, there's a huge drop-off between Bruce Arians calling plays and Matt Canada. It, it, yeah. That's what's so hard to wrap your brain around. So, look, Mason Rudolph ain't going to run. He's not, gonna, he's not athletic at all. So you hope it's three, five-step drops, 
and throw the ball. And if you throw eight interceptions, you throw eight interceptions. But I think you have to push the ball down the field um, to to have even a chance. And I don't think they have a chance. Like I honestly think that um, Jake Brown is going to visualize Rick Spielman's face on every one of these Steelers players and just go for <laughs> fifty something crazy. <laughs> it's going to be like one of those scenes out of the Water Boy, right? <laughs> right. Spielman sucks. He really, really sucks. Right. It's gonna be actually if you're listening right now, like I know you guys are really good with the internets. Make that for me and send that to me, please. And we'll send it to Ryan. I was hoping that would become a thing because yes. I'll show that to Rick. If you make it, I'll show it to Rick and Rick will have to give deal us with give it. us the water boy scene, but Rick Spielman's face saying saying Browning sucks. Uh and we're and we're all for it. Um so I was just gonna mention, you know, the the lack of the lack of effort thing. You know, it's like not a good look. No, it's not. And we saw the same thing a month ago. This was the same conversation with Deontay Johnson a month ago in Cincinnati on that play. And there just seems to be a lot of shrugging your shoulders of like, I don't really care, you know, from from all of those guys. And it's like, you just can't win that way. Your 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 best players have to be your best examples of how to play. And those guys are the examples of how you play. You play selfishly, you play not really giving a damn. And that's why your team stinks. Right. And by the way, I was going to say Heinz Ward, no one played harder than Heinz Ward. And Bengals fans hated Heinz Ward. Yes. Remember we broke um, linebacker Rivers. Rivers. Keith Rivers. What was Rivers' first name? Keith. Keith, right. Keith Rivers' jaw on that. They changed the way you could block on the. Yes. I think he, yeah. And he's smiling like, smiling like a bee hole after he did it because that's how <laughs> Heinz Ward is. And look, here's the other thing as crazy as Antonio Brown is, and as, as many illegal things that he's done and probably have done off the field. No one worked harder. Now, there's a lot of things you can question about Antonio Brown as a person, and I, I get that. But in terms of him working hard on the field, there's no doubt about it. Now, would he get angry that he didn't get the ball? Sure. But you'd rather have that than guys just, you know, moonwalking around out there, not really caring. And you're right. You can't win like that. And, and this team is, for the first time in a long time, we've seen sort of glimpses of it and they bounce back. But this feels like Mike Tomlin. I don't want to say lost the locker room, but there's so many young, immature kids there, no leaders, and there's nothing, there's no magic wand you can fix, no pep talk you can give to be like, you know, get your head on straight. So, I like I said, I think the Bengals win this game. And the issue for for Cincinnati, and, and John Breach talks about this a lot, they're so far behind in the conference in terms of win-loss, it may be went out and get some help. But if they got into the playoffs, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
Yeah, I mean, this is really this is one of those, you know, we love the the playoff predictors and and leverage games. 43% probability on the line for the Bengals in this one. They go from 54% if they win to 11 if they lose oh, to the Steelers right, on this is this is really one of those that it's like you just can't you can't lose this one and if and, and you know they go Kansas City and the Browns the last two with a chance to kind of they keep playing these teams to play their way in. The what do you make of the AFC? I mean, this bloated middle. I feel like for me, we talked about this on <laughs> Tuesday. It. It's like you've got the Ravens on a tier. I've got the Dolphins and Chiefs with like a question mark next to both of them on tier two. With Miami's gonna we'll learn about Miami over the next three weeks. They finally play some good teams. And the Chiefs will learn if Mahomes can turn it on. Um, and they're they're maybe starting to show semblance of that. But I mean, how many you know, Kadarius Tony games can oh you take God. until eventually he feels like a future stealer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's surprising that they haven't traded for him yet <laughs> to have Johnson, Tony and Pickens is the, like just the total, like the, deb- uh, just a debacle of, of the three, uh, be like the three amigos. Uh, so let's, uh, then the rest is indistinguishable. Don't you see it the same way? I mean, it feels yeah. that way. The way the Ravens are playing, and by the way, you look back and you go, how in the God's name did the Ravens lose to the Steelers? And Lamar had 87 drops and he threw the pick six at the end, and that's how they lost it. My, I feel a little better about Kansas City than Miami, only because Kansas City's been there before. I, I need to see Miami do something. I think they play Dallas this week. They need to do yep. something in that game, and, yeah. and that can get me over the hump. The Jaguars, man, I don't understand what's going on in Jacksonville. It feels like Trevor Lawrence is the guy half the time, and then half the guy, he's like dropping the ball. Like he's a two, like a two month old who's never held a football before. That fumble was the wildest thing I'd seen in some time. I think I've been saying this for since uh, probably a week now. I think I think the the Browns are going to win a playoff game. <laughs> like I Flacco, feel, you think Flacco shall lead them? That defense is so good. Yeah, and then Flacco. The weather was an issue last week against the the Bears. That game they should have lost, but Darnell Mooney dropped the ball in the end zone. But I I feel like he is such an upgrade over. DTR and and another uh, you Yolo say PJ that Walker. and he threw three bad picks last weekend terrible and he is definitely an upgrade <laughs> that's right he's like Jake Brown and what's the fourth quarter and the lights are bright light up Flacco yeah let off he goes uh, but uh, I you know I actually I would and the Bills are a team we're not even talking about because they're on the outside but if they get in that's a real issue yeah for they're playing else. as well as anybody right now for sure as well as anyone and I think I you know I think um I don't know if I'm spilling the beans if the Tyler Dunn podcast has come out yet. But I, I wanted to ask him on the way out, or maybe you did. Does he feel uh, any responsibility for jumpstarting the turnaround for the Bills? I told him this when he showed up this week uh, at the facility. I was like, "So, do you get a ring if they win? <laughs> like, is there what is the reciprocal?" He's like, "People think that there was some sort of like inside like long con here that like McDermott worked with him on this story oh my to, to write it to really motivate the." I'm like, Look, man, it's just you talk to 25 people and you write what what they're telling you. Yeah. Like that's kind of how it goes. I don't think it was motivated by McDermott to try to light a fire under his team. Whatever the case to have done that. Although they were yeah. one Kadarius Tony idiot standing on the wrong side of the line away from another McDermott meltdown. I mean, it really would have been. Crazy town, crazy yeah. town, USA. But again, that team is playing out of their minds. Tyler yes. Dunn is, in fact, going to get a ring, and Ken yeah. Dorsey, he might get one too for for leaving when he was asked to leave. Well, the point and to me, the point is, I don't know how you watch this league every week and ever think you know what's going to happen. On, you want to hear the, a funny story? Yeah. No, to, actually, no, actually, I don't. I hate you. Those. you no, trust me, you want to hear this one to, to support <laughs> your point. Like they yeah. make us do quote-unquote expert picks each week, every single game against the spread for CBS Sports. Mm. And I don't like doing it. And the last two years, I've won, won it. The, the email comes out on Tuesday. I fill it out immediately and forget about it because I, I like gambling's not my thing. No moral reasons, just I'm lazy. I have other things to do. And the last two years, I won among all the quote-unquote CBS Sports experts, which is insane. This year in week seven, I went 0-13 against the spread, which is wow, freaking impossible. But to your point, how incredibly difficult it is to pick games. And now... I have such anxiety on the weekends watching my picks lose time and time again. And I'm, I am I, I can't live this way. Like, I would just, I prefer not to be on the expert picks page. So yes. I can just enjoy the football games. But it is nuts. Like, what planet are we living on where the Ravens, uh, excuse me, the Raiders lose three to nothing or whatever the score was in that stupid game against the Vikings. And they come back and drop 62 and <laughs> shoot Brandon Staley into the moon 
on his way out of town. Because this what? time of year, especially, you never know what kind of motivation or lack thereof is percolating yeah. in these locker rooms. Like they're just every place is a mess of hope or of despair or of get me the hell to the off season. And you just you, you and you never know week to week. You know, we I we used to laugh about this and Bengals and Steelers fans know this all too well. Nobody could crap the bed for a month and then win out of nowhere on December 21st like the Bengals in the 90s and when their teams were terrible like then all of a sudden there was like one more good game on tape before I have to go into free agency suddenly out of nowhere the sign of bad coach teams and it's like that's what happens this time of year everything is is just weird and wacky and I feel like the league with all the backup quarterbacks and all the way every team is kind of the same so to, to look at this game this weekend and feel like you have a feel what an AFC North game where a road team is a favorite I looked this up because it doesn't it hasn't happened often because Pittsburgh and Baltimore obviously have been good, but a team going in the in the AFC North in December or January going into Pittsburgh or Baltimore in the history of the division has only happened six times where they've gone in there as a favorite. The Bengals are a favorite in this game. Those teams are zero and six straight up. Like it's just not. It's just not something that typically happens. Now, Pittsburgh's not really, are they Pittsburgh anymore? I don't know, because the other side of no, the they're not. when teams go, are they more the Browns? Because uh, that same stat, the Browns in that, in that situation are uh, were one in nine, and all their losses were by double digits. And oh, so gosh. it was like, you know, you there's one side of the coin where teams will not come in here in December and January and beat us, whether they're favorites or not, versus are you going to lay down? And uh, the Steelers might be the team now that lays down. I don't, I, we don't know. We don't know. Well, let me ask you, how do you feel? How do the fan, how do Bengals fans feel about this game? Because I have zero concerns about the, the Bengals winning this football game based on what I've seen. I think everybody's still waiting for the other shoe to drop on this because it just yeah. still doesn't feel real. And it would be Pittsburgh and, it, uh, you know, to do that. But I, th- I do think everyone's coming around and 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 thinks that, look, this should be one that they should be able to go in there and win. I they. They do appear on the surface to be playing better. The better team have learned from the mistakes that they made in the first game and have plenty of motivation, which I guess we're questioning that on the other side. So I, but the second you feel that way, you know, yeah, the NFL yeah. slapped the taste out. Your Can mouth. I tell you something? And yeah. this is something that uh, John Breach and I've talked about over the years, mostly me giving him a hard time, especially before Joe Burrow arrived. I said, I would say to him every three or four weeks, I said, is Zach Taylor even a good coach? Because it's hard to tell. They're winning two football games. And then you get Joe Burrow. And that, as we talked about earlier, solves a lot of problems. Zach Taylor is a really good football coach. I give him a ton of credit for keeping things together. He is he calling up the is he still down the place or is oh, it yeah. Callahan? That has yeah. not changed over the I give despite him many uh many uh questions from fans and people screaming into the ether. It is no, not I changed. get it. Yeah, I get it. But I think he's done a great job this year, and I've been impressed with um with what he's pulled off because, you know, he's not rah-rah Mike Tomlin. He's not rah-rah. He's another rah-rah coach. Like, he's not – who gets fired? Yeah, anymore, who gets fired up as a coach? Like, he's on the side – oh, like, Dan – he's not a Dan Campbell type. He's no. quiet. He calls the plays, and and they've, they've been really good. He's a, he's this new school – there's this new school. You know, it's the McVay school of relationships and culture as at the core of everything and, and, and really – that's where his strength is. He plays to his strengths. He's good at connecting with people and he's good at letting people be to understand that people want to be themselves. And it's created a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of people that like being in Cincinnati and, and, in, and he takes care of them. So they're fresh on the weekends and cares about the games. And they're fresh at the end of the year. Doesn't beat them up there. They have the country club off season where they hardly do anything. And it's because he wants them to, to play good at the end of the year. And guess what? They've won nine straight December games. Um, since he's been here, including the last ones with a backup quarterback. Yeah, right. no, I've been wholly impressed. Uh, I'll let you get out of here. Who, what is, who is more incessant, John Breach on the Bengals or Will Brinson on golf? Who, oh. who wears you out more? Oh, it's not even close. Will Brinson is like the the third child you had that you, in retrospect, you wish you didn't have. Like you had two. <laughs> like the first two are pretty good. Like all right, let's roll the dice. Have one more. You're like, ah, oh, Jesus, what do we do? And it's like he's like six or seven years younger than the other kids, and you're middle age and it's it's a it's a job so i, I don't go all day i don't i don't i don't want to make this is un, unfair but you ever seen multiplicity where they a keep, long time they, ago 
they keep cloning and by the time they clone the third one he's like a real like none of it connects right the way it was supposed to like the next guy really helped like the first clone really helped and then it just kind of went the yes. further he went down the line cloning the clone it kind of went sideways i feel like that's what you're trying to describe there. absolutely like, i have a 16 year old he's my i have two kids my 16 and 12 year old two boys the 16 year old is my wife and i discuss frequently takes up so much oxygen in the room every single it's always something dude like it's always something the 12 year old is like he might as well be 65 and retired like he's great but brinson takes up the oxygen he's like my 16 year old and it is a full-time job that i do not get paid extra for just so we're clear on that <laughs> but you do it because you're a good guy and yeah. you came on this podcast which makes you an even greater guy and we really appreciate <laughs> it uh Right. Uh, thanks, uh, everybody. Make sure you check out uh, with the first pick podcast because guess what? Draft season is here. Never stops. Never stops. That's right. And we're gonna be. I'm gonna probably have to bring you back once you're closer to draft season. We're gonna have to talk about all these first round receivers. The Bengals Ooh. don't Ooh. hang on to T. Higgins. They're gonna be looking there. All these first round tackles. They can't hang on to Jonah Williams. We're gonna be talking about that. Uh, if there's anything with interior defensive line, if DJ Reader leaves, we're gonna talk about that. So, by the way, quickly, DJ Turner. I went back and watched his first Dude. half. He's having a pretty good season, man. Teams are trying to go after him, and he he had one really bad drive in that Vikings game. But for the most part, on the he's, whole, his foundation as a rookie corner has been really, really, really yeah, good. Yeah, he's, he's been fun. That's been a fun little watch, especially given that Miles is coming on now, but he didn't do a lot to start. But T DJ Turner has been good. You're seeing the evolution. DJ Turner, Cam Taylor, Britt. Dax yeah. Hill, Jordan Battle. Now they're back, going to be their back four going forward. Uh, and then Miles Murphy uh, contributing on the edge, they hope, in a bigger role next year. So getting young, that like young background is now kind of becoming that young future. But that's next year. That's draft stuff. This, I, it's contrary to popular belief, this season very much still happening. Oh, Games yes, still 100%. happening. So I'm trying not to turn. I had, I had to have mock draft thoughts a couple of weeks ago after the Burrow injury. Oh. People were like, so what are we getting it? Let's talk mock draft. Uh, holding off we're not we're not there no don't, don't there do it. yet don't do it i'll be checking back in with you when that time comes ryan appreciate it as always tell rick spielman jake browning says hi <laughs> thank you paul <laughs> all right now moving it forward you know i i was just hanging out this week getting down to the Bengals locker room and and who would walk in but our good friend of the program tyler dunn and we got to talk and they said you know what let's run it back on the podcast Come on back. So here we are. The pleasure is always all on this end, Paul. Love doing it. <laughs> You're the king of all things Cincinnati Bengals. So it's it's an honor to be in your presence, especially when we can get together at the Eagle and eat a little fried chicken. I know we always bring it up, but I definitely housed uh, half chicken on this trip. That's I do love that that's now officially become like part of your pit stop it's like okay hotel Bengals facilities and then boom right to the eagle it's just it's a good it's a it, it's it shows that you're a veteran of this town now yeah and, and i'm sure like all the other patrons and the waiters and the wait like looking at me like has this guy eaten in the last week like why is he just <laughs> devouring and inhaling this, this chicken and this sweet sauce and What's his problem? So, yeah, it probably is a sight to behold, but no shame. I mean, it's unbelievable, as you know. Well, so you, you came down here this week, and uh, you're driving home now uh, on your way back to you, – you live in Buffalo, but you're like, I'm making this drive. A drive. I've done this drive many times. You're making this drive to come down here because you're like, you know what? There's just too much to this Jake Browning story. What What pulled you out of your seat? And uh, brought you down here to fill up Go Long TD with some more Bengals content, which you you have plenty of it uh, that's been up in the past and, and a great story in Orlando Brown recently. But this one got you up out of your chair. What was it that got you into the car? Well, first of all, as you know, the locker room is just full of personalities, just a hell of a lot of stories in there. And guys are themselves, um, you know, and, and being able to kind of parachute into different markets, different cities, and and seeing how players kind of take on the personality of their coach. It's not like that everywhere. I mean, you can go to some teams, and, and it can be pretty militaristic, and everybody's in line, everybody's saying the same thing, and it's like, oh, you know, all right, probably not going to go back there. Like The Bengals, you're going to get the real. Like, you're going to get the raw. These guys have stories to share. You, you've told them beautifully. 
But to answer your question, I mean, I'm on the treadmill last Saturday. That's not a humble brag at all. I'm just breaking even at this point. <laughs> you know, just a, a slow trot for a couple miles. But the, the Bengals-Vikings game is on. And I, I think when I started, it's like it's 17-3. This thing looks over. The season looks pretty much over for Cincinnati. And, like, I think a two-mile trot turned into, like, trying to just go as long as I can because this game is unbelievable. When T. Higgins made that catch, um, there were, like, audible gaps and what the hell did he just do that like throughout the gym it was unbelievable <laughs> and i said right then okay now now i believe i thought about going down to cincinnati the week prior but figured okay let's give it another week let's see how they handle brian flores and this defense that is just shutting fools down and to string together those three touchdown drives it's like all right let's let, let's head down there let, let's figure out why this is real. I, I, I don't think that's a leap to make. I mean, this isn't just playing out the string, staying competitive, you know, a fun, neat little story. Like you look at the AFC, you know, as we talk here, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to start. If he doesn't, that means only five teams in the whole AFC have had their quarterback start every game this year. So, like, why not Cincinnati? This is a damn good team. Jake Browning's figuring it out. He's been waiting for, dying for this opportunity. Um, I think they can get into the playoffs and, and win some games. It's amazing that that that's the point the conversation's at now. But when you when you came down and got the real, uh, what did you discover? What did you discover? You know, should, uh, depending on what people are listening to this, a uh, story should be up on on Go Long uh, about Jake, and uh, you know that'll be good. So we're all looking forward to that. But what what did you discover? kind of coming down here that you were maybe looking for or maybe surprised by. No doubt. Yeah. Go along We'll have the story up uh, Friday morning. Talk to Jake Browning, Dan pitcher, the QB's coach, Mike Hilton, gosh, Orlando Brown, um, Irv Smith jr. Everybody had had a unique perspective on this quarterback, but I think what, what probably is high on the list of, of discoveries. It's like, we're all trying to figure out what makes these backup quarterbacks different. You know, so many of them, like a Josh Dobbs, have a good game or two, and they kind of turn into pumpkins. I mean, Josh Dobbs is number three on the depth chart now. It's like that that story is long gone, and that's that's usually how this goes. Like maybe a quarterback gives you a good drive, and that's it. And, and Jake Browning, he doesn't really have an elite arm or elite size, elite athleticism, any of that. But I, I think his edge is what he hinted at screaming into that camera on the <laughs> sideline saying he shouldn't have been effing cut. Uh, I, that was such a, a rare moment of true like emotion and humanity that you get out of that position in this sport. Um, and I, I know he, he, he started, and, and this says a lot about him too, to downplay it. I think he felt bad that that kind of became a story when, you know, the defense played out of its minds on those two, uh, the third and, third and short and the fourth and short and T Higgins makes that play all of it. But I mean, make no mistake. Like his, his edge is the fact that he's been living on the NFL fringes for four years. I mean, four years on a practice squad, living out of hotels, living in buddies' rooms, buddies' homes, like not knowing if tomorrow's promise. I think, you know, the way he described it to me is you, you can either have all the confidence in the world and say, screw everybody who doesn't see it. And you kind of stop working or you can like keep working and you can lose your confidence and that can be demoralizing or you can be like a lot of former top picks are uh, that made a lot of money and then they busted out and now they're backups and you're just kind of happy go lucky. You're happy to be around. You know, he, he kind of had to be a mixture of all three, like happy to be in the NFL because you don't want to be sad that you're on a practice squad, confident in your ability even though teams don't really believe in you because you're not even on that 53-man roster that has a chance to get into the playoffs is still thinking Super Bowl. Um, it, it, the mentality it takes to be a backup quarterback in the NFL, like it's not, it's not for everybody. It's really easy to psychologically go to a dark place when you need to stay ready every week throughout the season, you know, preparing like you're the starter never knowing like Dan Pitcher said it's like 
you know, you're, you're prepared for a marathon. You know when that gun's going off. You don't know when that gun's going off to take over a Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl contending team. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that his mental makeup made him perfect for this opportunity. I, I would agree. I mean, it's turned, it's certainly, you can see that more in hindsight, uh, you know, in the beginning, like, well, he just might just end up being another one of these backup quarterbacks in hindsight. Now you, you see why it's working out the way that it is a little bit. Um, one part of this that you mentioned is, you know, guys ability to sort of be willing to put in the time here, be willing to be in Cincinnati. You know, you, you wrote, uh, an incredible, uh, earth shattering in Buffalo, certainly series on Sean McDermott and some of the issues that have happened there. I mean, you talked to a million people. Um, it was sort of the, the talk of the league for a while. And I'm curious, having been in Cincinnati multiple times and seen the difference, you know, what, what is it that makes it unique here in Cincinnati compared to, you know, maybe a place like Buffalo that you documented so closely that you have, maybe a little bit more, um, I don't know, comfort or willingness or, or a, a loose nature of the types of players and, and how that shows itself on, on the field. No doubt. I think the impetus for that series is we, we see a very, very tight football team late in games, losing the same way season to season to season, despite a Josh Allen, d- d- despite – a top three quarterback. I'm not going to say top two because I'm sure your listeners will put Joe Burrow ahead of Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't know. They want to <laughs> trade him now. So <laughs> that's right. Just dump him for picks. You got Jake Browning. What the hell? <laughs> I, I think that angst is growing, and I think that offensive players, especially in Buffalo, are are getting exasperated. Like we put this team in position to win the game, and. Defensive meltdowns inevitable, but I, the big, big picture, I, I do, I did try to figure out like why, why is this team tight? Like how does that happen? And there's a million things that go into it. And uh, you know the 9/11 hijacker analogy is is one of many many stories um, that coaches and players shared, and and why this team just clenches up, puckers up, and chokes late in games, and they take on the personality of their coach. And I think the Bengals take on the personality of their coach. And, you know, this isn't to say a coach should just coddle and let, you know, let guys do whatever the hell they want. I mean, the Bills went through that with Rex Ryan. That's why they did the hard pendulum swing to Sean McDermott. But it does seem, you know better than me, Paul, I think Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, I mean, Lou Anarum on the defensive side, these, these are coaches who know players win games coaches lose games and if you really believe that if you know that players are going to win you games you're you're going to put them in positions to succeed instead of as players described to me with Sean McDermott you know thinking you need to manually put all 11 players on a defense in the perfect position as you see it on the whiteboard to execute that play like so much of it is just letting guys win and and believing in them and I know that sounds generalized, but it's, a, it's something as simple as, um, I don't know, in this story, like Russ Taylor, you know, Zach's brother's the offensive coordinator down in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, season's on the line. They're, they're staring down the barrel of three and eight last year. Uh, they decided to go for two because why the hell not? There's 10 seconds left against the Ravens. And yeah, they just get you know press and Doug Peterson. They give Trevor Lawrence three plays to pick from. And which one do you like best on the two-point? He picks one. Zay Jones is the receiver on that play. They ask Zay how he wants to get into the route. All right, go out there, execute it. They all take the field, like, knowing damn well they're going to pull this off, and they make it look easy. I just think you can't have a team that's nervous in those moments. Like, this this sport is on the fringes. It's one in, you know, Kadarius Tony being offside. You know, it's literally one yard. It can separate the winner from the loser. It's just best to have players who are thinking freely, playing freely. And every time I visit that Cincinnati Bengals locker room, I mean, this is a team that is liberated. I mean, they say what they mean, they say how they feel, and their play is an extension of all of that. Yeah, it's so interesting when we talk uh, uh, to them about 
the way the off-season program is treated, and, and, and it really goes back to a basic tenet that they use that is everybody is sort of treated like their own individuals and as pros. And as long as you can do whatever you want, be whoever you want, please be yourself just as long as that doesn't hurt the team, you know? And that's really the only, we had Tyler Boyd literally like reading us lines that are off the wall, you know, be a physical, hungry, accountable teammate. That's always there and does your best to help the team win. Like that's it. The rest of it is in their hands. Be you right. Like, and and as long as it doesn't affect winning and losing, they don't care who guys are, what they do, what they say, um, it, you know, as long as it's about them still being a good teammate. And I think that that creates a team that plays loose at the end of games that um, and that really appreciates themselves. All right, TD, you know, stay safe on the road out there. Don't go. Uh, don't go fly. I hope you know squalls coming your way, which I've, I've been uh, a victim of on the drive from Cincinnati back to Buffalo. And hopefully everybody goes check out uh, Go Long TD and story that's going to be up on Jake Browning tomorrow because Bengals fans cannot get enough Jake Browning content at this point. Just can't get enough. So there will be more for you waiting there. Uh, good to see you, TD. I'm sure we will see you again soon. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you, as always. And thank you to all these uh, – all these Bengal fans, man, they're unbelievable. Every time we do a Bengals profile, it's like just just blown away by the support. So, yeah, we'll have a Jake Browning story up Friday morning, and hopefully folks learn uh, a little bit more about him. Right? He's, he's the savior. We can, we can take that leap. They're Good. Super Bowl contenders. Trade Burrow now. It's the only option. <laughs> no question. That's TD. the column, yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> All right, TD, appreciate it, man. Stay safe. Thanks, dude. All right, much thanks to Tyler Don, to Ryan Wilson uh, for joining as we sort of talk through this weekend's games. Now is time for the Bengals growler bet. And I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Look, didn't go so well last week. Chaos, you basically made up the rules and just handed out a winner at random, which uh, was referred to as the Dave Allen Compromise. Uh, from Tuesday's show. So we're going to try to keep it cleaner this week. This is my goal. Keep Let's keep this thing clean. I think this game in many ways comes down to something I wrote about earlier this week, which was, will the Bengals' run defense be able to figure it out or not? No DJ Reader. Steelers moving to Mason Rudolph. Um, what happened last time these two teams got together where Pittsburgh ran for 153 yards. Can they change that? Can, can they start being that team that is really building on a run defense that has come along a little bit? Or, or will their AFC North woes continue in that regard? So, that said, this week's Bengals Growler bet, of course, P. Daner at theathletic.com with the word growler somewhere in the subject header. Everyone leaning into the Christmas theme last weekend. I really appreciated that. Um, so rushing yards by the Pittsburgh Steelers is this week's Bengals growler bet. Some delicious fifth U.S. beer can be yours at our next live event. Christmas cookies out now, which is just amazing. So it may, certainly makes it worth it if you want to go acquire some Christmas cookie. If they still have some by that point, uh, that will be the one. Hashtag Bengals growler bet on Twitter if you want to send it in there. Rushing yards by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that it's not what it was the last time these two teams got together, but I I still don't think that the Bengals' defense has that thing locked up. They've been better. You know, the last four weeks, they're in more in the middle of the pack in terms of success percentage on run plays by the opposing offense, whereas the first... 11 weeks of the season. They were dead last in the league. I, I think it's better, but I don't think it's all the way back. So I, I have them at allowing 121 yards, and so we'll see if I get close on that one. Um, all right, I have a little bit of an Arby's for you before I go to my prediction. It was a fun conversation from the locker room this week. 
So I, I kind of caught wind of the fact of this thing that's happening where the Ted Karras, of course, who's, who's the nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and everything we know that he's done for the Village of Marici. Uh, it's awesome stuff. There's a whole Inside the Jungle on background on that story. I'm assuming you know it since he had all that stuff. If you're listening to this, but if you're not, check that out. It's, he's done incredible work for them. But as part of this, a thing has popped up where people are saying if you win the Walter Payton social vote, which Karis has skyrocketed up to first place thanks to everybody tweeting uh, their Walter Payton Man of the Year votes, um, that they're going to get tattoos of the Cincy Hat logo. And Ted Karras said, okay, cool. Then I'll buy them if that happens. If I win, I'll buy them. So I'm asking him about this. Like, how did this happen? How, how, and he said, it's up to 45 people that are going to get willing to get, said they were willing to get Cincy Hat tattoos. And he's going to pay for it if he wins. Now, there's not going to be big, huge tattoos. They think, that, look, there's a certain expense here. When the numbers start growing, how many people are getting these tattoos? He said, "He said, yeah, one inch by one inch since he had. Like, let's 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 be, let's be realistic. Maybe we'll figure something out there." But he still is willing to do it. But he just keeps pointing out how amazing it is. That he's he's just the man is flabbergasted at the lengths that y'all will go to support since he had to support his cause to support him. Uh, and it was it was funny him talking through like how are they going to pull off doing all these tattoos if it happens. I look forward to that. I look forward to documenting that whenever it goes down. But uh, you guys are nuts, and I mean that in a in a in a great way. You guys are absolutely nuts. Uh, everybody out there looking to get Cincy hat tattoos, uh, if if Ted Karras can win. So congrats to y'all on that. Um, let's get prediction time. I I I look at this game and all that's on the line, and. It's hard, like I was saying earlier, to try to predict the NFL week in and week out. Just these scores are all so wild. And and especially a Mike Tomlin-led team that has been known to just find a way out of nowhere, right? Every year, it's he wills himself to not having this losing record, to keeping that that streak alive. And they're up against it here. And you, you've, you've seen it enough to know what can happen when you go into Pittsburgh with some kind of hopes. You still do have a backup quarterback. It's still a tough place to play. It's still the AFC North, which has been a problem this year. It's on the road. None of this stuff is easy. And you still have a defense that you just aren't sure about. And could Mason Rudolph go out there and sling it the same way that Kenny Pickett did against this Bengals defense? Absolutely. It was not that long ago. You know, that long streak of years without having over 400 yards of offense, first game without Matt Canada, they put up 421 on the Bengals. Well, guess what? Since then, they've still been bad. 317, 264, 216 in yards gained. The Bengals are the only one they've been able to do this to because a lot of teams have found that they can do this to the Bengals. And I just don't know for sure if their defense can tighten up enough. I think Jake Browning will keep this going. I With their safeties out, no Mika Fitzpatrick. No Devontae Casey. I, I just they're beat up. They're reeling a bit. I think it weighs on them when your offense is constantly bad. I, I think the Bengals will put up points. I, I do. I, I just the question continues to be how much will they get out of this defense? Will it be enough? Can they stop the run? Can they not allow explosive plays, even though it's Mason Rudolph? I don't know that for sure. That said, I I still am betting on the direction they're heading rather than the clear direction the Steelers have headed over the last three weeks. Um, and so I, I have the Bengals winning this one 27-19. Um, it's it's not they're still flawed. They still gotta find a way. They're doing it without Jamar Chase, which hurts them, but I, I do think they can make up for that. And I think it's a turnover thing. You know, I think they still allow points. Heck, maybe they add to this red zone turnover deal. It's just insane. And Mason Rudolph just makes a couple of mistakes that Jake Browning doesn't. 
and that ends up being the difference in this one. That's that's my gut. But again, you will go broke trying to predict this league and trying to predict things in the AFC North even harder. Just when you think you know something, you're reminded that you don't. So keep that in mind. I hope everybody enjoys the game. We will have the walkout on Saturday night, and then we'll be off into Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Everybody enjoy that time with your family. And then uh, we'll come back, Kansas City Chiefs, the week after that. So a lot to keep getting to. We will do that. Shout out to Tyler Dunn, to Ryan Wilson for uh, getting us through this wild card episode. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good one, everyone.